You are listening to Cornelia Church. Passion for God, compassion for people. As I think about this season, um, the very first thing I go to are all the Christmas prophecies we see in Isaiah. And in Isaiah 9, we begin to see this prophecy about the child who's going to be born to us from a virgin. And in there, there's four names that they give this child. And the first one is that he's a wonderful counselor. Second one, he's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father. And he's also the Prince of Peace. We go on into the New Testament with Matthew. And Matthew begins to talk about a child being born to us as well. And he, he adds a name to it. He actually calls him Emmanuel, the, the God who is with us. And as I contemplate these names and I think about them, I just think of uh, Jesus and he is truly everything that we need. Um, And it's a beautiful picture of of Jesus because he is God's son incarnate, right? He's here with us. And so the best picture I can think of is a father kneeling down on the ground to his children and not expecting them to stand and come to him, but a father who actually goes to his children and gets on the floor with them because he cares and loves them so much and that he is everything that they need. He is their counselor. He is their mighty God. He is, and he is our, our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting father and our Prince of Peace. But more than that, he is someone who is with us. So I just wanna encourage you that uh, to worship God today because he is everything you need. And more than that is that he is, he is with you and he wants to be with you. He has come to you. Um, so with that said, let's remember that. Could you guys just go ahead and hold your hands out in front of you just as if you're accepting a gift from him. And let's just begin to welcome him in our homes uh, just uh, once again. And so Father, we pause and Father, hands are open right now just in reception of you. Father, we open up every door that have been closed. We open up every uh, thing to you today, God, that all is yours. And we uh, just recognize how wonderful you are and that you're everything that we need. And we pray that today would be a day where families would notice that, that people would turn their lives back to you, that we wouldn't get stuck in materialism, but Father, we would focus on the most wonderful gift, the truest gift we could ever have, which is Jesus. And so we worship you and we thank you in your name. Amen. We're going to go into a time of blessing right now. Um, First things we're going to do is uh, offering. So there's many, many ways to give. Um, When you're online, we're not going to pass the buckets, of course. But um, I just want to chat with you just for a minute about what offering actually means. And I want to thank you for a year of faithfulness. Um, um, I'm the executive pastor, so one of my primary jobs is to watch and oversee our church finances. And so I watch and I see the numbers come in every single week while our church family just continues to be faithful, even as the culture maybe isn't faithful or maybe the, um, the economic stability isn't faithful. Our church family has been incredibly faithful this year. Thank you so much for um, keeping our lights on, keeping our staff paid for, um, allowing us to expand programs instead of shrinking programs so that we can reach the kingdom for the Lord. So thank you so much for a year of faithfulness. Um, I just know that for me, um, when it comes to giving, 
giving is not always about where my money's going to go, but it's really actually about what the Lord fills in me as I continue to be generous. Um, there have been seasons when our money kind of shifts and I want to um, step back when it comes to generosity. And I always ask the Lord first, like, God, um, we make less money now. Um, can I give less? <laughs> and um, I just ask him. And usually the Lord kind of, you know, gives you permission, like, okay, you give that 10% or whatever percentage is put on your heart. But sometimes the Lord challenges me. He's like, Candace, I want you to be faithful to this amount, even as your finances change. And whenever I say yes to that, that moment of, um, it kind of, you know, it starts to feel really sacrificial. Like this is above and beyond what I would normally give, um, in its place. When I give those finances in its place, I really do feel, um, the, the grace that follows obedience. Um, I experience the, the peace that comes with knowing that my, my peace does not come from a certain amount of my bank account or my wallet. It really comes from knowing that I'm connected to the father. And when I know he's talking to me because I'm giving an opportunity to do so with offering, um, that builds my faith and it builds my, um, my confidence in who God is. So let's be generous. Um, I want to just share with you that, um, did you know that Christians are like the most generous of any people group? We, um, it says that practicing Christians are 40% more likely to donate to charity than non-Christians. Like we are a generous people group together and that churchgoers are 75% more likely to donate to charitable causes. Like way to go being a people who use your money to help others. So consider giving today. Um, if your money is turned in by December 31st, which is just a couple more days from now, it does count for your, um, 20 2021 taxes. So get that money in on time. And I'm going to pray right now to bless this offering. So Lord, thank you, Father, for guiding us in all things, even our finances. Would you bless and keep your people today and uh, restore the things that may be lost or restore the things that may be broken? And would you be a faithful God as we are faithful to you in Jesus name? Amen. The next area of blessing that I want to go over, and I've actually been praying for this for quite some time, I want to spend a moment and just bless the people that you are with. And so if you're on your own, I'm going to give you some tools to do this as well. But if you're with your family right now, um, just go to gather everybody. And we're just going to spend 30 seconds and say a couple words of encouragement and say a couple words of blessing over our family. Um, if you're with a couple friends, just like look them in the eye and say, man, this year I am thankful for you because of this. And I know that whenever somebody talks to me and is specific about the reason why um, that I am a blessing to them or that um, that they're thankful to God for our lives being intermeshed, it really does build up the community of God. And so take a moment right now and um, even just grab the hand of the person next to you and tell them, I'm thankful for you because of this. And if you're on your own, this is a time to get your phone out. Um, this is a time to send a text and text a friend, text a family member and say, hey, listen, 2020 has been whatever it's been. But I love you and I'm thankful for you because of this. Take a moment. We're going to just put 30 seconds on the screen. Take a moment and just be a blessing and say a blessing of encouragement over the people who are in the room or in your life. Merry Christmas, Quinnia Church. 
it is a pleasure to spend a few minutes with you in your home. Hopefully you are with your family and enjoying kind of the after uh, effects of a wonderful Christmas day together. Uh, just a, a heads up on some things that are, that are coming in the future that I'm excited about uh, as we move into the new year. There's gonna, it, some great things are gonna be happening over the next couple of months. One of which I wanna make sure that's on your radar is our All Church Prayer that is happening on January 2nd. We're gonna be meeting on Sunday evening after our normal church services, uh, gathering together for about an hour of prayer. And I just wanna invite you and your entire family to, to join us during that time, because we're gonna pray and anoint for every family there, pray for the new year, God's blessing, invite him into uh, your home and to be over your life. And so that's something you don't wanna miss. And, and then just pay attention to what's coming because there's some exciting things that are gonna happen in this next quarter. Uh, we're gonna have some training, for how to disciple other people in the faith. We're gonna have uh, Dr. Brian Simmons, who's the author of the Passion Translation with us in February and some other great things that are coming up. So uh, just stay posted. I'm excited about the new year and I hope you are as well. Now, let me just talk to you for a few moments. Yesterday we celebrated Christmas and I know that uh, today you may still be surrounded by family. Uh, you, you might still have your kids with you. Uh, and so you're just kind of snuggled up together watching this, or, or you may be spending this Sunday morning by yourself, uh, watching in the, in kind of enjoying the quiet uh, of a beautiful, a beautiful Sunday. Uh, but I want you to know that whether you're, you're alone in this moment or your house is filled and overflowing, I want you to know that, that uh, you're not alone uh, because you are along with myself. We're, we are joined together by the, the mystery, the fact of the mystery of the Church of Jesus Christ and the, the fact that we are celebrating together the one who was born to die for us so that we could, we could live. I wanna to talk to you today uh, about something that I think it's really important for setting us up for the new year. And I'm believing that Jesus is gonna to speak to us uh, right wherever we are. Uh, I know sometimes uh, for some of us, we're celebrating this morning. Our heart is already full. Uh, you, you're already coming with a sense of expectation and, and you just maybe just need a, just a little bit of encouragement. Uh, I know for others, you might be feeling a, a little bit of a letdown today. After all the busyness of Christmas, maybe your house has started to empty out or, or maybe your, your house wasn't particularly full to begin with. And I'm just believing that if that's you, that today the Lord is gonna give you comfort and encouragement. I know for some others uh, today, you're hungry. You need a word of life, right? And you need something that's gonna help you keep focused uh, for this week to come. Wherever you find yourself today, I, I want you to believe along with me that Jesus is here with us uh, and he loves to meet us right where we're at. Uh, whenever you look at scripture, you see that everywhere that Jesus went, when he gathered people together, he first of all fed them and then he taught them. Uh, he first of all met their practical need and then he met their spiritual need and he loves to do that. And today he works in just the same way. He's still concerned that he would meet all of our needs. And I know that he's big enough to do that today and I'm believing that he's gonna do that this morning. So what I wanna talk to you about are actually four choices that as you and I make them, I believe uh, it will set us up for receiving in our lives what Christ wants to do in this in this new year. It's not gonna be news to, to anyone for me to say that the choices that you make in your life, they matter. And the truth is, is that uh, first you make a choice and, and then ultimately that choice makes you. And there are many things that happen in our lives, we know this, 
Some of them are good, some are bad, some are expected, some are unexpected. But I would argue that everything that happens in our life, whether it presents us with uh, a challenge or a blessing, it presents us ultimately with a choice and it's a choice of response. And more than anything else, that choice to respond determines the level of God's presence and power uh, in our life. And, and I don't know what's going on in your life right now. Uh, I don't know what you're gonna be faced with tomorrow, but I do know that the way that you respond to whatever happens ultimately can either open the door or close the door to what Jesus wants to do in you and through you. And so there, there are four choices or four responses that I, I want to focus on today in just our few minutes together. And they come right out of the Christmas account, uh, out of the gospel surrounding the birth of Jesus. And I believe that these four responses were ones that opened the door to the fullness of Jesus's visitation here on the earth. And, and if we can learn from them, if we choose to mirror those, those simple responses, then, then we also are gonna see Jesus in, in a fresh way. And, uh, and, and so I just wanna to talk to you about these four quick responses. The first one is this, that there is a powerful choice that we can make, a powerful response that we can make of obedience. And if you're gonna take notes this morning, as I know some of you are, just write down number one, Joseph obeyed, Joseph obeyed. I'm gonna pick up the story, Matthew chapter one, beginning in verse 18, it says this, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. His mother Mary had promised Joseph to be his wife, but while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Her fiance, Joseph, was a righteous man, full of integrity, and he didn't want to disgrace her, but when he learned of her pregnancy, he secretly planned to break the engagement. While he was still debating with himself about what to do, he fell asleep and had a supernatural dream. An angel from the Lord appeared to him and said, Joseph, descendant of David, don't hesitate to take Mary into your home as your wife because the power of the Holy Spirit has conceived a child in her womb. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Savior for he is destined to give his people, I'm sorry, destined to give his life to save his people from their sins. When Joseph awoke from his dream, he did all that the angel of the Lord instructed him to do. He took Mary to be his wife, but they refrained from having sex until she gave birth to her firstborn son, whom they named Jesus. Now, I, I love that story. What an, an amazing moment, amazing account. Imagine if, if you were Joseph just for a second, you were about to be married and you find out that your wife is pregnant and it's not your baby, it's a little problematic typically, right? <laughs> and then as you're trying to figure out what to do, you have a supernatural dream where an angel appears to you and tells you that this is actually part of God's plan. <laughs> I mean, a little difficult, I think, to believe. Uh, we've heard this story so many times that I think we tend to miss the fact that Joseph actually had to make a choice in that moment. Uh, even, even in the verse, uh, it is so easy to miss that, that choice, that moment of decision. Verse 24 says, when Joseph woke from his dream, he did all that the angel of the Lord instructed him to do. Now between waking from the dream and doing all that the angel instructed, there's just this little small comma right there. And that comma represents the moment of choice. That's what we're talking about today. It's, it's the moment that exists for all of us 
whenever we're conf confronted with something unexpected in our lives, it, it may be a long moment, it may be a short moment, but it's always there, that little comma, that little moment where we get to decide, where Joseph decided, he just chose in that moment, obedience. And the decision to obey is the first step to receiving God's promise. Scripture makes it really clear over and over again that God is more interested in our obedience than he's interested in our money, in our words, in our best intentions. As the, st the saying goes, one step forward in obedience is worth a year's study about it. We study about obedience all day long. When you actually do it, that's the difference maker. And when Joseph decided he was going to obey, it meant that he took on a certain amount of risk. He risked being misunderstood by other people. He risked being judged by other people. He, he limited himself because he knew that this choice was the best. It was from the Lord. And I just wanna encourage you that obedience is the very first choice that you and I can make to open the door to God's presence and power in the year to come. Obedience says yes to God. It says yes to his word. It says yes to his way. It says yes to his will. So I just wanna ask you, is there any place in your life where you are not being obedient to the Lord? That's the place right there that you are closing the door to God's best in your life. Right? So obedience is where it all begins. Now, the second choice, and I think we can think really of these choices as building upon one another, the second choice is to simply let go. And this would be number two if you're taking notes, and you can just write this, number two, Mary, let go. I'm gonna pick up the account now in the Gospel of Luke in chapter one, it says it in this way, then the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary, living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, rejoice, for rejoice, beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you and you are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this meant for her. But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you, and he has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will enthrone him as king on the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign as king of Israel forever and his reign will have no limit. Mary said, but how could this happen? I am still a virgin. Gabriel answered, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you and almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy and he will be called the son of God. Not one promise from God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary responded, and this is what I want you to hear. Mary responded saying, yes, I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. Now in the traditional translation, we've heard it said many times, Mary says, let it be unto me according to your word. Let it be. In other words, Mary says in this moment, I accept whatever Lord you have 
for me. Now, now this for me, I think is a, an even deeper level than the obedience that we just talked about. It's a level of total abandon, of complete trust, where, where Mary says 100%, I give myself to your purposes. I don't know all the details. I don't understand everything, but I'm going to trust and obey that you, God, have the best for me. And, and that is, I think, so much higher than just obeying, right? There's many times when I obey God, not because necessarily I want to in my heart, but because I know it's the right thing. It, I know I must do the thing. There's, there's a whole big difference. Every parent knows when your kids do what you tell them to do because they know they must versus when they do it because they're completely trusting that it's right and good. They trust you, and so they're willing to do it wholeheartedly. They're, they're, there's, it's the same thing that they do, right? It's actually the same outcome, but the heart that they're doing it with is completely different. And today I wanna challenge you to go to that second level, to that next level higher of obedience with God this year, where you would say, I am willing just to simply give it all to him. I'm willing to let go of all of my concerns, my fears, my hesitations, everything that keeps me from being totally abandoned to his purposes. One man said this, he said, the first duty of every soul is to find not its freedom, but its master. See, until we have completely given up every right that we have and given it to the Lord, we haven't yet fully abandoned ourselves to him. We're not completely entrusted to him. It's not until that moment when we simply say, God, I trust you no matter what. There was a day that a man came to Jesus and, and asked him, what do I have to do, Lord, to be saved? In response, Jesus says back to this man, we know him as the rich young ruler. Jesus begins to list off commandments to him in response to his question. Jesus says, well, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, and he goes on and on. The young man looks at Jesus and he says, I've done all of those things uh, from my youth. I've, I've obeyed all of the commandments. And then Mark's gospel says something fascinating. Jesus turns to him, and, and this is what it's, it, the gospel says, looking at him, Jesus showed love to him and said to him, there's one thing you lack. Go and sell all you possess, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Now, Jesus knew the prescription for the man's ailments. He knew what really needed to change in his heart. He knew that the answer for this young man was total abandonment, giving up everything to Jesus. But instead of being able to do that, what we learn is that the man actually goes away. It, 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 this, the scripture says dismayed, down, downcast, his, his face dropped. He realized that he couldn't give away what he had because it says he owned much property. He was a rich individual. It's fascinating to me that Jesus always asks for everything, always. And until we choose to live a life that is totally abandoned to him, until we're really willing to give up everything to him, whether it's money or it's stuff or it's relationships or it's family or it's our own ego or accomplishments, whatever it is, until that time comes, we haven't truly followed him. And it's so necessary for us to remember Mary's example of total abandon. I'm gonna give up everything to the Lord. This year, I wanna challenge you, make that choice of total abandon. Let it be unto me. The third choice is this, is that we are invited to praise. Number three says this for you note takers, 
the angels joyously praised. Luke chapter two says it in this way, then all at once in the night sky, a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven. And they all praised God, singing glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. For there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. Now this scene, the angels, they sing praise at the birth of Jesus. They, the whole sky is lit up uh, by the multitudes, the myriads of angels that are there. We don't know how many tens of thousands of angels appear, but there's something so incredible that they're announcing in this moment. They're so excited that they can't contain themselves. They sing a song to the Lord of the greatness of what is about to happen. That decision to praise is one that we have to decide to carry. Have you ever really been that excited, right? When something truly spectacular happens, it just causes something to, it's not enough. When, when something really great has happened in my life, it, it, it's a smile doesn't do enough to express it. A word doesn't do enough to express it. A clap or a shout is enough. Sometimes you just have to sing. There's just such joy that comes at moments when there's no other way to express it other than to express it with a song that comes out of your the very depths of your, of your being. And if you and I were to take just a moment and put ourselves in the angels' shoes and imagine from their perspective, here they are, according to the scripture, the angels were created at a time that preceded the creation of our universe. So like angels don't reproduce, they're not like, there's not more angels being produced. So there's, this is a long time ago that all the angels are created. And that means they have been watching during all the time of history, they have watched the history of man. They watched Adam and Eve mess up in the garden. They watched humankind walk away from the plan of the Father. And they watched God patiently and persistently lay a path of redemption, right? All that had been lost in the garden, all that they had turned away from, the Father little by little has woven together a plan to bring them back to Him. And here they are, right, on, on Christmas Eve, that they, they're announcing the culmination of the ages. They're announcing the one around whom all of history revolves, the one who was with God from the very beginning and the one who gave up everything to become nothing so that the world could be saved. I mean, that's something to shout about, I think. But oftentimes, you know, we skip or don't understand the fact that the angels didn't even fully understand salvation. They were excited about it. I mean, we, we actually learn in scripture that whenever anyone receives the gift of salvation, all of heaven rejoices. But at the same time, this mystery is a mystery for them because they can't experience redemption the way that humans experience redemption. And yet they're willing to give it all. They're willing to sing the highest praise. Let me ask you a question. How full of praise are you? Honestly, it's a, it's a choice I think that we make constantly. We can either be full of praise or we can choose something else to be full of. Uh, and I just think that this decision to praise is like an announcement that we make of our life. My question would be, you know, what announcement are you making with your life? What, what makes you shout? If, if you find that what really gets you going, what really gets you excited in life is something other than Christ, then it might be time 
to make a choice to realign your praise, to choose a different kind of way. One of the greatest ways that we can tell others, the way, greatest ways we can praise God is actually to communicate with others about what God has done for us. Because when others hear about the good things that Jesus has done, there's something attractive about that. People are just drawn to want to know more about this person that we're bragging about. They want to know about this person who is so good. And that's actually what the angels praise did. And that's what leads us to our, our fourth and final choice, which is simply sharing the good news. Uh, so if you're writing notes, that's number four, the shepherds excitedly shared. See the angels, because of their praise, the shepherds actually went and told others. This is how it says in Luke chapter two, verse 15, it says, when the choir of angels disappeared and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, hey, let's go, let's hurry and find this word who is born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. So they hurried off and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a feeding trough. Upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. The shepherds returned to their flock ecstatic over what had happened. They praised God and glorified him for all they had heard and seen for themselves, just like the angel said. Man, the angels praised, and then the shepherds were so inspired by what they had seen, then they go and they seek Jesus out. They go and meet Jesus for themselves. And then what I think is remarkable that is that they then went and praised God because of what they had experienced, right? They were, they were first witnesses who became seekers who then became worshipers. They, they saw the angels praise, they sought out the focus of the praise, and then they're transformed by their experience and they lift their hands in praise. I mean, that, what a virtuous cycle. That's the kind of cycle that our life actually can represent. These are the kinds of choices when we make that they have not only an impact on our life, but they have a direct impact on the lives of others. And that's what we have to remember, that our life is not just for ourselves, right? Our choices don't just affect us. Our choices are truly meaningful when you and I live them out for others and for the glory of God. And then suddenly we find that our praise leads to someone else's praise, that our sharing, our excitement leads to someone else's curiosity. And as they encounter Christ, they discover that they too are called to praise. In just a moment, I'm going to close in prayer. Uh, but before I do, uh, I, I just wanna underline that all of four of these decisions today are powerful by themselves. You can do them each individually, but if you want them to truly be meaningful, they have to flow out of a response to a relationship with Jesus. See, because it's when Jesus is our King that He makes it possible for us to be obedient when we didn't think it was possible, right? He, he makes it possible for us to trust in a way that we have never trusted before with total abandon. He, he makes it possible for us to praise, but not just giving lip service to something, but with our whole heart. And He makes it possible for us to share the good news of what He has done in our lives with other people. And, and that's why it all begins with him. One thing I know about Jesus is that he has already made a choice that he loves you. 
and he wants to change your life in ways that will absolutely knock your socks off. He wants to do things in your life that are so wonderful you can't even begin to imagine them. But it all starts, it all begins with the choice of you giving yourself to him. And if you've never made that choice, I wanna just give that invitation to you today that you would bow your head even as you bow your heart to him. I'm just gonna invite everybody to pray. If you'd all just bow your heads with me in this moment and let's just go before the Lord. And if that's the decision you need to make today, that you would simply open up your heart and say, Lord, would you be my king? Would you be my savior? Even as you have chosen me, God, I choose you. Would you come? Would you change me? Would you forgive me? Would you wash me of my sin? Would you wash me of the past? And would you make me new so that I can wholly embrace the life that you have for me? And Lord, I pray for every person in the sound of my voice right now. As we look to the new year, we're asking you to help us to make the right choices, to respond in that moment of pause between what happens and how we actually choose to react, that we would choose, Lord, you, that we choose obedience, that we choose, choose full trust, that we would choose praise, and we would choose to share the good news. Would you meet us in that place, Lord? We pray this thing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Happy New Year to you, Koinonia Church family. I'm looking forward to the new year, and I will see you very soon. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the message, and we hope to see you on a Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Visit us online at kchamford.com, and if you want to support our ministry, click Give. Cornelia Church, passion for God, compassion for people.